Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the Darkest Timeline podcast. Just me for the day, talking about stuff from the week when it was recorded. Uh, there's there's running, running's usually in there. There's um, the dangers of cyclists. There is birthday talk, and all other host of things. There's also games, movies, TV, so you know, if you're here for the entertainment, it is there. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you might want to drop. Share the podcast around. And uh, yeah, just anything else you can think of. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the Darkest Timeline podcast. How you doing? You all right? <clears throat> oh, one of those one of those moments in time where <clears throat> I looked at the list of stuff to talk about today and was like, "My word, was that was that only a week ago?" First thing on the list, I'm like, "That feels like it was three weeks ago." So either it's been a super busy week jam-packed with lots of things, or, I don't know, slip through a black hole or something. <clears throat> Spoilers, it was not a busy week. In fact, I've got a, a short list this week. Um, there's that part of me that it's kind of like I might just bang through this and if it ends up being half an hour, hey. And then there's the part of me that's like, yeah, it's going to be an hour and a half because... That's the way these things go. Anyway, let's get into it. How are you doing? Are you having a good are you having a good time? Good week? Good day? Good moment when you are listening to this. Um so we had a birthday in our house. It's not even a week. I, I can't I cannot get past it. It's not even a week ago. That's mental. Anyway, we had a birthday in our house, so uh, we had to decide what to do for the day. We'd had a party um, the weekend before, as we as we know, we've discussed this. Um, but there was a what to do for the day. A few ideas floating around. Some <clears throat> expensive, some not so expensive. Still, you know, money, money, money. Um, and we landed on going to the beach. Now, I'm a little bit set in my ways where the beach is concerned for a variety of different reasons. Um, somebody who is probably considered to be quite set in his ways anyway about most things. And I often look at that and think about it and go, why is that? And it's like, well, it's trial and error so I if I'm going to the beach I want to go to a particular beach because it ticks a whole host of boxes um, which in turn means that I don't want to go to certain other beaches however I was convinced to go to not my first choice 
I was also told, oh, by the way, I've already checked the weather. You don't need to worry. I've checked the weather. And it's going to be bad weather. I'm like, this is... This is fantastic. So, okay, it's fine, because I think what we're really looking for is uh, to go on the arcades, go on the 2P machines, go on the the claw grabby things, go on the horse racy, you know, the electronic horse racing thing, um, you know, that sort of stuff. Jumping ahead a little, it wasn't until we got there and I went... It's out of season. Nothing's going to be open. It's a weekday out of season. Nothing is going to be open. Very pleased to say, was proved wrong. Anyway, completely, completely jumping out there. So, I need to move because my leg's going to sleep one second. Oh, piss off computer. Honestly. Oh, all right. Why? Why do you do that? One of the programs I use for podcasting, I get it all set up, ready to go, ready to roll, before I click record. It's not even one I use for recording. It's one I use for video coding. And it does this thing where it closes itself down doesn't even minimize itself it just closes it's so weird and randomly annoying anyway i still need to move oh jeez oh, like i say my leg was going to sleep and i'm gonna do that uh, some of the things you'd have thought i'd have started with anyway so i have a theory okay and here's my theory There are certain things in life that you can take as a given. So, if somebody says to you, it's going to rain tomorrow, you can go, okay. If somebody says, uh, it's going to rain tomorrow, you can go, is it? Because it's sunny right now, it's not a cloud in the sky. Let me check the weather. And you check the weather and it goes, yep, so it's going to rain tomorrow. Well, there we go. Or, a, a third option is, somebody says, it's going to rain tomorrow. You check the weather, the weather says it's going to rain tomorrow. And you say, I don't think it's going to rain tomorrow. Now, you know, it's one of those. Some might say wishful thinking, some might say confidence, some might say insanity. Um... For a long time now, I've had this completely unfounded theory. When you need it to be nice weather, every now and then it'll come through for you. So, there's ways to ensure this. Two things. Number one, planning a round of golf. You can say, I've looked 10 days in the future... And in 10 days' time, it says it's going to be a glorious sunny day. No wind. Best golf day you could possibly have. And you can book to play golf on that day. And chances are you get to that day and it's blowing 40 miles an hour and it's snowing. That's the way the world works. 
Another way to do it is to say, we're playing golf on Thursday. You don't look at the weather, you don't check the weather, nothing. When it gets to that day, you pack your sunglasses, you pack your hat, you pack your sun cream, and you get out there, and there's a chance, there's a possibility, it's going to be glorious sunshine. Because you've, you've, you've made it so, you willed it into reality. Years ago, I took, a, I took on this theory of, when you go to the beach, you want it to be a nice day. You just you don't want it to be raining. You don't want it to be. I, I went I went to the beach one day. Absolutely glorious at home. Absolutely glorious, and you're just like, well, it's only going to get better down at the beach. Travel for an hour and whatever to the beach, and it's foggy. You know that, that sea fog that's apparently a thing. Sea fog. And then we're coming, coming down the hill to the beach, it's like, what the hell is this? It looked like that film, The Mist. Um, anyway, so it's going to be bad weather when we go to the beach, but it doesn't matter because we're going to be indoors most of the time. And I went, okay. So just as we're leaving the house, I got my sunglasses, I put them on my face, got in the car, and away we go. And I'm not going to lie. To start off with, on our journey, I could barely see. It was grey, cloudy, miserable. Not raining, but not the best of days. By the time we got to the beach. Now, I will caveat this by saying the car slash sat-nav was like, do you want to go the direct route to the beach? Like, yeah, ideally. Nah, you want to go the back way. The the twisty, turny, windy way. The, it's an hour away, but I'm going to tell you it's going to take an hour and a half. For literally no reason. At one point, it wanted us to do four left turns. And if you can picture it, four left turns is essentially a square or a circle. It brings you back on yourself. After the third time it told me to turn left, I was like, hang on a minute, something's gone seriously wrong here, and I told it to go and... Um, so, yeah, the car was like, we're going to go to the scenic ray, and it's going to take you an extra half an hour to get there. So, you know, plenty of time for the weather to change. But uh, by the time we got to the beach, it was super windy. But where we parked compared to where we were going, that section is always windy, whether it's a glorious day or not. We walked off, we walked down. My daughter, it's birthday. All she wanted to do was build a sandcastle on the beach. Now, if the weather hadn't been great, meh, he'd still build a sandcastle. Shortest version of this story is, as I'm sure you've probably worked out by now, absolutely glorious day. I took a couple of pictures. Sat. Uh, I think we were having something to eat. Sat. A little bit back from the beach. Absolutely glorious day. And I'll tell you this much. We were only there. A couple of hours. There was this whole thing about we needed to go early. We needed to get back early so that we could fit a load of stuff in. You know, present opening and stuff like that. Because we were going out for tea. So, we right there a couple of hours. It was glorious for the time we were there. Set to come home. Weather goes back to being crap. It's like... 
Can you ask for a better time? I don't think so. I had a weird recollection of being at that beach, sitting in a pub for an entire day, drinking myself silly, but couldn't work out how I got there, couldn't work out who I'd gone with, and couldn't work out how I got home. And had to, in the end, presume that I'd gone on the train. But all I could think was, I would never go on the train to the beach. So maybe it was a dream. So there we go. We went to the beach. Um, took my daughter several attempts to open all of her presents. Uh, I was working on the principal before it was her birthday, before she got all these presents. That she had far too much stuff. And she had a party, and everybody at the party very generously brought her gifts. And um, people had given her money to add to a huge mountain of money. And I was just like, something's gone wrong here because she hasn't even got to her actual birthday, where I know for a fact she's got a ridiculous number of things. Now, on the flip side, what I will say is this. She has enjoyed and appreciated every single item that she's that she's had. She's played with it all. She's played with each individual item a lot. So from that perspective, I'm not so worried. What I am worried about is the fact that we didn't have enough room for all of the stuff before her birthday. Um, there was this really weird thing. Like I, I was, I was really excited um, because she's finally reached that age where she's excited. She has that understanding. She counts the days down, even though she can't quite get her head around how days work. Um, she was super excited, which, as a parent, that's what you want. That's what you look for. You 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 wait for that point in time where they can be excited about stuff. And then there is an aspect of managing expectations, excitement, stuff like this. There are things that she wants to do um, in the not-too-distant future. It's like, I don't think we can do that. You know, that sort of stuff. You have to, you have to manage expectations with children. Um, but I got, to, I got to the end of the day. And it was such a, as, as it always is, it was such a whirlwind of a day. I got to the end of the day and I was like, did I even wish her happy birthday? You, you know, that kind of, the most basic of things. The most basic of things. I was like, I mean, I, I, I did, but I was like, did I even wish her happy birthday? Uh, I did something to her that I was... A part, a part of me was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And then I ended up doing to her what I said I wasn't going to do. I, uh, <coughs> I went into her bedroom and was playing um, birthday music. Um, the, the happy birthday song was Stevie Wonder one. I was playing it right in her ear while she was asleep. Um which was very reminiscent of, uh, of, of somebody else's childhood. Um, but, yeah, she, she was not. 
she was not happy about it. Um, so, a birthday down. Um, the possibly the most hilarious thing is that she's now looking forward to Christmas, and I'm like, "Well, good luck with that one. It's nine months away." So you you look forward to Christmas. You you start writing your Christmas list now. Um. So, something that that some people will absolutely know, and some thing that some people might not know is, um, I am a man that likes a pet peeve. Um, and. There have been times when I have collected pet peeves and carried them around with me like some kind of weird trophy. And there may have been a point in time where a particular podcast was basically just me bitch moaning and complaining about my pet peeves for 90 minutes or so. (sighs) Um, And then I had a series of comments about how maybe that's not what people want to listen to. And... um, I stopped doing it. However, I'm going to talk about a pet peeve. Now, there is a reason for this, and you'll see why. So, something that drives me at the flipping wall is cyclists riding on the pavement. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you are a cyclist, you're like, oh, geez, come on. You know, it's dangerous on the roads. You are correct. And when I was a cyclist, I used to hate riding on the road because of motorists. And now I'm a motorist, I have very little time for cyclists that ride on the road. So there is that thing that if I was driving down the road and I saw a cyclist on the pavement, I'd probably be less bothered. However, I am also a pedestrian and a dog walker. And my dog doesn't like it when people, things, objects, leaves, wind, sound, suggestion, come up behind him. Uh, This all stems back to a good few months ago. It could even be a year ago, to be fair. Um, he He wasn't attacked. He was kind of jumped but there was no like short version is he was, he was leaving the park one day just plodding along mind his own business and there were three dogs of varying different sizes they were all off the lead and they all ran up to him to say hello all three of them came up behind him i don't know how we didn't know this i heard them coming from the other side of the park There was three of them. They weren't exactly quiet. He has better hearing, being a dog, better sense of smell, all of this. I have no idea how they managed to get as close to him as they did. But they came up right behind him, went round the front of him, and it scared him. And he has been scared of things coming up behind him ever since. So, what this means is that when a cyclist rides up behind you on the pavement and goes round you he jumps a mile rips my arm out of its socket does a, 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 a I, don't, I can't quite explain it it's like a scatter skitterish kind of oh my god i think i'm dying kind of thing which hurts me and i'm like 
oh, for flip's sake, how about you get off the flipping pavement, get on the road or on the cycle path where you're supposed to be, and then I don't have to deal with this shit. So, there is a particular section where we walk. It's not a long section, it's just a particular section. The issue I have with this section is this. It's in between two cycle paths. So there is a cycle path on the opposite side of the road, on the road. And then further down, the pavement splits into two. One side is a cycle path and the other side is a pavement. So essentially, you ride along the cycle path on one side, you cross over, and then you ride on the pavement cycle path on the other side. Simple. Or so you would think. However, as a cyclist, what a cyclist will do is just ride down the pavement. It's a super narrow pavement. It's There's like grass either side. They come up at speed. And like I said, they scare the dog. Which for me is the, is the bigger issue. Other than the fact that, you know, it's legal. When it's done at night and there's no lights on the bike, it's doubly illegal, so on and so forth. So, this section of, of pavement, it just happening more and more and more and more and more, and it was winding me up more and more and more and more and more, as I'm sure you can see and even partially agree. It's just not fun. So, there was a situation a week or so ago where a woman came up behind, rang her bell, and asked to get past. And I was about to unleash with both barrels along the... Look, I'm really sorry, but this isn't a cycle path. This is a pavement. And you don't... When I'm walking my dog, you don't have any right to get past. So you can just wait. And as I opened my mouth to start this tirade, I realised that the woman with the bike had a child in one of those bike seats on the back. And I went, I'll just leave it. What made that situation worse was that I watched her ride down to a set of traffic lights and cross over onto the other side of the road, which is where the cycle path is. Could have saved herself a lot of trouble and just ridden down the cycle path on the side of the road that she wanted to be on. But anyway, I digress. So, the other morning, I am walking the dog. I have watched one cyclist cross over the road at the traffic lights and ride off down the pavement, going round the people that are using the pavement as they should be, narrowly avoiding a tiny child that's walking down the pavement i'm like this is the sort of thing i'm talking about if that child tiny little child veered ever so slightly that kid gets hit by a bike that shouldn't be on the pavement and then we'll all know about it but it won't be the cyclist's fault i'm sure it'll be the child's fault so and as a side note 
You might think that this is me overacting, but when I was about 14, I got thrown into the road, into a, in, onto a busy main road, into the road for riding on the pavement on a bike. Thrown into the road. Okay? So. So, walking the dog. I've seen this cyclist ride off, having crossed over at the traffic lights. Crossing away from the cycle path. Let's not forget this bit. I'm like, why? Why? I'm right, I'm, I'm walking along, walking the dog. And I hear a familiar sound. The sound of a bike bell. And I turn round to see a guy who says, Oh, I'm just going to get past you. Now this guy, late 50s, early 60s. And I went, I just I just snapped. I was like, no, nah, I'm sorry, mate. This is not a cycle path. This is a pavement. There is a cycle path on the other side of the road. That has been put there for people like you to ride on. So that you don't ride on here. This is a pavement. This is not for you to cycle on. His response to me was, I know. As he passed me and rode off down the street, down the pavement, the opposite side of the road. And I watched him get to the end of the pavement and turn off down the road. And I thought to myself, looking at you and watching the direction you're going, I can almost guess what you do for a job. I bet you dollars to donuts you're a teacher. And you know, why not? Why not ride on the wrong side of the road? Why not ride on the pavement? Why not tell me that you know you're not supposed to be riding on the pavement, but you don't care? And that was that. <clears throat> I walked the dog home. I got home. I came in. Got showered. Hair brushed, teeth brushed, got dressed, got ready to take my daughter to dance lesson. Got in the car. Oh, now, important part of this story. I relayed it. I relayed all of this to Leanne when I got home. I was like, it's finally happened. And she went, You've shouted at someone, haven't you? I went, you know I have. That's That was bound to happen. So that was that. I told her the story. I was like, yeah, oh, it's okay. He knew. That made it okay. I was like, I bet he was a teacher. Uh, went off, got in the shower. Showered, teeth, hair, dressed. Got the child, child in the car, got in the car and set off to go to dance class. Went to the top of the street, went to the end of the next street, turned onto the next street. I went, you have got to be fucking kidding me. As I saw the same person again, the same man, the culprit, the criminal. Teaching cycle in proficiency. You could, you cannot write this shit. 
you couldn't even write. I was like, are you kidding me? Now, what I did was I made the car dial land to relay this story. I was like, this is this is this has got to be a joke. What I should have done, what I wanted to do, what I would have done, if obviously, you know, he hadn't been there teaching a child how to ride a bike. What I was going to do was get up close, roll the window down and just go, uh, I hope you're not teaching him to ride on the pavement because that's illegal, you know, and then drive off. <sighs> Here's a weird one. Many moons ago, when I started, uh, when I started running, when I started the running journey, um, I was very overweight, and now I am very overweight. <clears throat> anyway, that's not important. Maybe it is. Uh, when I started running. I, I, I cannot imagine what I must look like. I will have been a giant man. And I don't mean tall. <clears throat> Blubbering my way down the street. I imagine there was man boobs going everywhere. Everything that you could possibly imagine with a man that's the best part of 30 stone running down the street. And as I'm sure you can imagine, I got a lot of funny looks. And there was a certain section where I used to run. When I got to a point where I could run like longer distance, I used to run home from work. And there was a certain section where people would just like point, laugh, point in that kind of what is that? You know, all that sort of stuff. And it's one of those. Honestly, if I'd have cared, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have been doing it if I'd have cared. So it didn't overly bother me. But it does make a little bit of an impact. It does make you think like, you know. And all I ever worked on the principle of was anytime I saw anybody that was like pointing, even like pointing and laughing, pointing and, and jeering or whatever... I would always think, how far have you run today? Because I'm on for a, you know, a 5k, or I'm running home and it's 5k, and I'm carrying a bag on my back that's got God knows how much weight in it, and you know, all that sort of stuff, and that's the kind of thing that means that you don't care. But for a while, for a, while, for a long time, it was quite... evident quite apparent and then as time went on it was just kind of i think people kind of looked at it as a hey look there's a fat man running whereas originally it was like oh my god that is a building walking down the street going ever so slightly faster than walking <clears throat> and that was kind of that um and then a big a big part of the weight went and then some of it came back and some of it went again and now I'm kind of circling I can't seem to cross the finish line um part of me wonders if it's psychological I don't know anyway um but recently it started happening again it's weird 
I don't know if I've suddenly become super sensitive or if I've suddenly started noticing stuff more or what, but all of a sudden, when I'm out running, there was a, there was a situation where I, I was I was getting to the top of a street and a car came round the corner and there was two people in the front of the car and they were like pointing at me. And I'm like, can I can I help you? Aut- autograph maybe. And then the the thing that, that puzzles me is the laughing like part of me, I'm like, have I got something on my face? Am I beetroot red? Am I like red like a like a a double decker bus or something? It's been super weird, but super apparent. It's like all of a sudden like I said, I feel like I've got like something on my face or like like that time that I did a park run and my shorts fell down. Uh, to the point where I'm running around and I'm having to check that my shorts are still up. Super weird, super random. Only started recently. In like the last week or so. Week, couple of weeks. In fact, it happened this morning. It happened this morning. I came around a corner. There was a guy on the other side of the road. And it, it wasn't, he wasn't laughing. It was like this huge, smiley, chuckly type thing. I was out running on, I was out running on Saturday. And over the other side of a hedge, a woman was just like, eh. I'm like, what? What is it? Really weird. Really weird. Um, been listening to a podcast recently. Uh, every now and then I start a new podcast. Oftentimes, when I run out of my regulars, regulars to listen to, I will start a new one. <clears throat> or if there's a particular episode, and when I go to get that episode, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind listening to this other, you know, dozen episodes. Um, so started listening to a new podcast recently. Started not quite the first episode. Um. But I think I started like episode three or four or something and then like jumped through. So I was like, well, I'm not interested in that episode, but I am interested in that episode. Got about halfway through and I was like, what is happening right now? There was something weird on one of these podcasts. I'm like, you know, when something's a little bit out of place and it takes you a little bit, probably a little bit too long to work out what's happening. And then you work it out and you're like, uh realized that the podcast I was listening to was edited. They'd removed the swearing. I was like, why would you do that? And and it's something that I've come across a little bit recently. Like sometimes I'll it sounds strange, but I'll listen slash watch a podcast on YouTube. Often when I'm coding podcasts myself, there's like little, little bits of downtime and you'll sometimes be like, oh, I'll just put this podcast on if it's a video podcast. Or... And every now and then I'm like, was that, was that edited? So I'm listening to this podcast and like I say, halfway through all the episodes I had to listen to, I started noticing that it was being edited. I'm like, okay, Why? Like, are, we, are you trying to get the like a younger audience to listen? So you want the 
explicit tag removed from the podcast. But then the host of the podcast swears like a sailor. Then there was an episode that I got to where the guest that they had on, every other word was a swear word. So when your host swears like an absolute trooper and your guest swears like a trooper, your podcast essentially is just like in a sentence of 20 words, you get three. And it's just blank, 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 and then blank, 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 it, blank, blank. And it's like, I, I, I don't understand what's happening. It's the weirdest thing. There was point. There was in points in time where there was entire sections of no sound. When you're listening to the audio of a podcast, no sound is a bad thing. You start thinking that your earphones have died, or your phone's stopped, or your phone's broken. <clears throat> you know, you don't think. Oh no, they've just taken all the swear words out. But of the twenty of the twenty words in the last sentence or two. 18 of them were swear words. It's the weirdest thing. Now, I will admit, more recently, for a variety of different reasons, I have tended to uh, self-edit, I think is the way I would word it. I use a lot, lots of flips, as I'm sure you'll have noticed. Ironically, I was doing it a lot in this episode to prove a point. And then I fired off a, a shit. Um, not not like that. Not not in the toilet. Just a, a verbal one. Um, and I'd like to tell you it's because, as a parent with young children in the house, I'm trying to set a good example by not swearing as much. But, as my youngest daughter pointed out to me the other day, when she came to ask me what exactly the problem was, when I was shouting every single swear word known to man, just on on a loop, because, as a rational human being, I couldn't get the pushchair to stand in the corner. That is a much longer story than that. However, that was the actual upshot of it. And apparently it needed every single swear word. Um... I keep saying I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop um any day now So talking of running as I often do I should stop really I think it's probably boring um I realized today when somebody said to me you must do a lot of exercise and I was like I mean yeah but I look like a, a, a sack with lots of poopy in. Anyway, uh, I did a run. And um, if you cast your mind back a few weeks, a couple of months, there was a point in time where I was saying the only thing I was interested in that I cared about at that point in time was um, the the longest run banner. And I've been working up to it. I was like, I need to get back to where I was before I broke my arm. And I knew it was coming. I just didn't quite know when. And then this window of opportunity opened up. I was like, there, 
right there I can do it because I haven't got this commitment or that commitment or the other commitment and then it all went wrong because um, I was going to do a particular point in time at a particular point in the day and then I wasn't able to do it at that point in, in the day so I had to move like move when I was going to walk the dog and all, all this anyway not important so I knew it was coming and I set out with the one goal that was to get that banner and I knew the easiest way to secure that banner was to do a 10 mile run now then I will say this in my head when I hear someone say uh, half marathon in my head I go Half marathon's a long way. But I think I could do it. In my head, I hear marathon. And I go, I'll tell you something, a marathon's a long way. But I think if push came to shove, I could do it. And then I listen to these people, these ultra marathon runners, 50 miles, 100 miles, 150, 200 200 plus, 240 miles. And in my head, I go, yeah, I mean, I could, I could give it a go. And then there's that part of me that goes, are you mental? You are several stone overweight and you are, for want of a better way of putting it, a pussy. And I go, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So, 10 miles was working on the principle that just before I broke my arm, I did nine point something miles. And that was that. Something I forgot to take into account. Or a series of things I forgot to take into account. Number one, at the point I did nine and a bit miles, I was absolutely crushing life in general I mean like a lot of aspects of life I was every other day I was running in a weighted vest I was getting up at half five in the morning I was running for two hours I was I was crushing it I was just going from strength to strength every day was better than the day before it all of the cliches you can possibly imagine I was a walking cliche That was then. Now, I struggle to get out of bed before seven. <laughs> I mean eight. I struggle to do the minimum amount of running I need to do in a day to hit my goal targets and whatever else. Some days, I'm like, well, I've absolutely shit the bed today, so I'm going to have to get on the treadmill three times today. As well as doing a workout, and I'm probably going to miss my goal even then. That's where I'm at now. The thought of putting a weighted vest on and running to the end of the road terrifies me. And it's all around this. I've, I've had this huge knock in my ability, in my mental capacity, and a variety of other things. So apparently, the best thing to do is to go run 10 miles. And I had, a, I had in my head all these different ways I could do it. And the problem you've got with something like that is 
every distance you think about is not the right distance. Here's what I mean. If I run my standard five mile run, it's five miles. I know it's five miles. I run it two, three, four, five times a week. It's five miles almost to the, to the, to the mile. <clears throat> if I do my 2.2 mile run on top of five miles, boom, seven miles right there, baby. If I then do, if I then run the dog walk, that's two miles. Boom, nine and a bit miles. All I then have to do is the shorter dog walk, which is 1.3 miles, and there it is, baby, over 10 miles. Boom shakalaka, we're home for breakfast. However, the reality is, and this is where it gets really weird, and I will, I will just, I, I do understand it, but I don't understand it. Here's where it gets weird. Your five mile run, five miles, job done. Your 2.2 mile run, that's a mile. There you go, work that one out. It's 2.2 miles if you run it, but if you add it to a five mile run, it's a mile. Okay, while you're doing the maths for that one, let me add the two mile dog walk, which isn't two miles when you add it to what is now only a six mile run. So we've just crossed the seven mile mark, but we've done nine miles worth of running. Over nine miles worth of running. Okay, well that's not a problem, because part of the... We can tag a bit on to the dog walk, which we know is a 5k. So, let's add that on. It's an extra one and a bit, yeah, okay. At the point that you've done a 5, a 2.2, a 2, and a 3.2, and you've reached eight and a bit miles, you start losing your mind. Nothing makes sense. Up is down, black is white, green is yellow. Everything loses all meaning, and you realize that you can't possibly run 10 miles because it's not humanly possible. Somebody needs to come to me and explain that phenomena to me because it makes literally no sense. How is that a thing? When I reached, I, I got to about nine miles where I was like, I am losing my marbles here. I've got, I need to put another mile on this and I am dying. So, I knew I was a certain distance away from home, but I could already sense that for the, all the will in the world, I knew it wasn't going to be a mile away. So I carried on, I plugged away, and I passed the house, and I was like, I checked, and it was, it was like 9.59, and I was just like, oh man, and every part of me wanted to just turn and go home, I was like, no, I can't. So I head off, I go 
down I do another part of the dog walk and start heading home and it ticks over to 10 miles and I'm like cool I just need to go home now the thought of going home was like I don't know if I can make it in the end it was like 10.38 I got home took me a couple of hours and that was that I walked through the door like hey I'm back And then my body was just like, we can go into shock now, yeah? So I needed to put a jacket on, I was sat on a chair, my youngest daughter decided, you look like a man that needs me to run full speed at you, maybe 30 times. In the end, I basically had to go, I had to leave the room, I had to go upstairs because the thought of just everything that was going on, I was like, I, I have to leave. I went upstairs, I lay on the bed for about four minutes, was just like, no, this is no good because I'm probably going to fall asleep and if I fall asleep, I'll probably be here for the rest of the day. That's just not the answer. <clears throat> I come back downstairs. I sit back down and basically pass out for probably in the region about two hours. I woke up, was like, I need food. So I throw a load of calories down my face and was just like, this was maybe not the best idea. But I did it. And now I'm like, well, I got that banner, didn't I? There it was on the screen. Longest run. Cool. Obviously now to get that banner again, I have to go further. So, uh, there's that um what didn't help any of this situation was um a month and change into it still dealing with this illness saw a thing on twitter the other day where um unfortunately a company that i had a big falling out with um well no names mentioned but um a company that i um I really believed in and I really got behind and I really backed them. Um, then decided to turn around and give all of their um, customers at that time the middle finger. And then, uh, you know, went on to bigger and better things. They posted on Twitter about this illness. And they were like, oh, big shout out to anybody that's dealing with this illness and rattled through all the symptoms. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what I've had. And they were like, who's been dealing with it for three weeks? I was like, I'm not alone. Somebody else. <clears throat> got to Friday. Bear in mind, the long run was Saturday. Got to Friday. And I just, I, I just could There was this thing where on Friday evening, I fell asleep, sat on the sofa, and woke up at... I think I fell asleep like early evening and woke up at like midnight. Was like, well, I am never going to sleep now. Got up, saw the dog, sent him off to bed. Brushed teeth. Got into bed, was like, I mean, this is probably a waste of a waste of time all round. And then slept for eight hours. Super lethargic, super tired. All I could do, all I wanted to do was sleep. For like two days. It was not good. It was bad news. Still 
not feeling right now. Still fighting something. And returned home this evening to find um, a new and interesting variation of sickness in our house. Two thumbs way up there. Uh, looking forward to getting that uh, next. So, yeah. That is the week that was. Let's talk entertainment. Written something down on my list of entertainment and I haven't finished it. So, uh, unfortunately, it'll have to wait. Uh, it doesn't mean I've got one less thing to talk about. Uh, TV-wise, I watched and finished the series Agent Elvis. Uh, animated series on Netflix. Done by Priscilla Presley. Uh, great voice cast. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Don Cheadle. <coughs> Caitlin Olsen. Um, another guy that I can't bring myself to mention. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think I mentioned it last week. Uh, I finished off the episodes. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was cool. It was fun. It was like uh, Archer meets Hitmonkey. Um, I just I just thought it was really enjoyable. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, watched a movie. Saturday night movie, baby. Yeah. Um, so, saw a trailer for a film a while ago and was like, ooh, that looks fun. Uh, George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing. Now then, part of the trailer I was like, uh, looks like a bit of a love story. But it also looked super mental and crazy. It kind of struck me in the sense of, um... Everything, everywhere, all at once. So I was like, ah, oh, I kind of fancy seeing that. One of those, not enough to go to the cinema, in case it was just a love story, and then you're a bit like, this is embarrassing. Um, literally, the other day, it popped up as a, hey, this is available on Prime. I'm like, hell's yeah, Saturday night movie, yes please. Um, put it on Saturday night and watched it. Uh, short version is, it's a love story. Longer version is, um, it's Tilda Swinton, is it? And Idris Elba. Idris is good. Uh, I know that it's been floating around for a while, but I do kind of hope he gets the next Bond, next runner's Bond, even though he said he doesn't want to do it. Um, So, shortest version is, a woman is in Turkey, finds a bottle in a shop, in the process of cleaning it, opens it and out pops a gin, or a, or a genie if you like. The gin wants to give her three wishes, she is a rather educated woman, and she knows the dangers of wishes, and how terrible things can go if you make three wishes, so basically doesn't want to, and it's a... a the film is mostly about him telling her the story of his life and the wishes that he's granted for people in kind of a trying to convince her to make the three wishes. Um, it was a love story, like I say, but it was a, certainly a very enjoyable one. It is very much a film um, in the sense that um, everything everywhere all at once made me 
believe again that cinema actually still exists and this was very much similar in that vein that it's like oh you know there are still good films out there um shortest version is it's available on prime if you've got prime and you fancy a a jolly good entertaining movie give it a go uh both the both the main actors in it are very good uh it was just a it was just a very enjoyable film i really enjoyed it computer game wise uh, i was having a conversation today saying uh my computer game playing time has been seriously reduced recently um for example probably not going to play any computer games this evening because i'm doing a podcast um tuesday podcast related wednesday podcast related by thursday um there's a little bit of game playing time thursday friday some sometimes on a saturday uh and sometimes on a sunday so you know it is there but it's it's a lot more reduced than it once was um however managed to finish leon's story of resident evil 2 the remake by the time i'd sort of finished uh leon's story just before finishing it i was getting a bit annoyed there was this puzzle that was super annoying um and in the end i had to look it up on the internet and even looking it up on the internet didn't make it super evident uh but i did get through it and then the end was very good and then you can play it again uh as claire claire redfield uh which i did playing as claire was a bit different um if i'm honest a bit more entertaining a bit, bit more fun um there, there is an aspect um that's a bit more annoying when you play as claire and it starts a bit earlier on in the game however it also ends sooner for claire than it does for leon um claire's got some cool weapons um when you when you compare a grenade launcher to a shotgun it's a bit of a weird one so um claire's weapons are probably better um she gets a good variety of different weapons which is fun i got i got a weapon in in the game when i was playing as claire which i never fired a single shot with um so uh saturday night i'm like do you know what i'm playing resident evil 2 admittedly it's the remake but it's still resident evil 2 i'm like this feels super old school to me sod it i'm staying up late so uh i stayed up late got to one o'clock in the morning i'm like yeah boy i'm playing resident evil 2 i'm staying up late uh it felt super old school super naughty i'm like man all i need now is some drugs and then i watched the clock go from 1 a.m to 2 a.m in an instant and i went oh shit the clock's changed oh no it's two o'clock in the morning i need to go to bed yeah that's how rock and roll i am um i did finish claire's story claire gets an extra little bit at the end um which i thought was interesting i thought it was interesting to have uh, claire go off and like finish that last bit of the game for both characters i thought that was kind of cool 
Um, let's face it, what is the only thing to do when you've finished Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 4 has just been released? That's right. Start Resident Evil 3 Remake. Um, I really want Resident Evil 4 Remake, and that seems strange in a lot of ways because... I think I've owned in my time about five different versions of Resident Evil 4. I think I own a version of it currently. I think I paid like six quid for it on the Xbox or something not too long ago. Um, but everything I've seen for the remake of Resident Evil 4, just look, it just looks great. I really want to play it. Uh, however, I can't afford computer games, so I've got to go with what I've got. I got Resident Evil Remake 2 and 3 for £12.50 a couple of months ago. So I was like, hey, Resident Evil 3 time. I was like, I'll start it, because I've not got long before I've got to go to bed, but I've got long enough to start it and do the first bit of the game, which I did. Honestly, Resident Evil 3 Remake start the opening of that game kicks like a mule it looks amazing and it is just it's super intense it looks great it plays great i was like i am proper blown away by how good the start of this game is on the flip side, I'd completely forgotten that it's more based in the city. And obviously, having played two playthroughs of Resident Evil 2, which is set in a police station, an underground car park, a, a lab, a greenhouse type thing. It's all What I'm saying is it's all very enclosed. So, going from that to being out in the streets, it's a little bit different. Takes a little bit of getting used to. I was starting to get a bit lost in a way, whilst at the same time finding the thing I needed to find. So I was a bit like, eh, okay. Um, so yeah, apparently it's not very long, so potentially shouldn't take me too much playing. Uh, and then I'll have to make a decision on Resident Evil 4. Um, hopefully by then it'll have been out a couple of weeks, uh, and we'll have to see what the price of it is. He says, knowing that it'll still be full price. There we go. That is it. That is the podcast. And what did I tell you? It's absolutely over an hour. <laughs> Half an hour, my foot. Anyway, I'll catch you next time. So there we go. What do you think of that? Short and... Um, I mean, it wasn't in the end, was it? I don't know what happens. I get on a tangent, I guess. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Before you go, one thing you could do for me is, uh, if you haven't already, click that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Share the podcast around. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, check out the website, cookiecast.com. There, there's social media links and an email button, and that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Quickie Cast.